Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. Um, my name is Samuel, and I would absolutely love the honor of meeting you and, and getting to shake your hand. But welcome to Life West, and so glad you're here. Now, today we're actually going to wrap up a series we're calling Simple Truth. And, and really, it's just we're looking at some simple things. But here's what simple does not mean. It doesn't mean easy. It's just like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. And really, the main scripture we've been looking at these last few weeks is 2 Corinthians 5.7. And it says, for we live by faith and not by sight. Super simple, short little verse, great one to memorize. We live by faith, not by sight. Done. You just did it. But living that out is not so simple. It's definitely not. But we've been looking at this and just kind of looking at what it means to live by faith. That's the main text. And the next one is, well, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance. It's the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Again, you can hope for anything you want. You can hope it snows. It's time for it to be sunny. But anyways, you can hope for anything. But faith is, it's based on a divine guarantee, which is something that God has said, God has spoken, a promise that he's given you or me. We stand on that, and that's where we have faith. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And we said every believer has faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So you have faith. If you are a believer, you believe through faith. And we said, okay, faith comes by hearing. That's why we need to be in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's Romans 10. And the next thing we said is this. We said, our faith needs to be growing. That it's not just like, okay, great, I'm done. Romans 4, 19, we see Abraham. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. He didn't ignore the fact that he was old. He wasn't like, I'm not old. No, he knew he was old. He knew he was old, and so was his wife, Sarah. But Abraham never wavered, believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He looked at the fact. Here's what he didn't do. He didn't ignore the facts. And I think some people, that's, they think faith, and like, my arm's not broken. You're like, I see the bone. You're like, no, it's not broken. Like, there it is, sticking out. It's broken. No, it's not. I have faith. No, it's still broken. But what it says about Abraham is he did not ignore the fact that he was old or that his wife was beyond years, but in that he just thought his, his faith grew stronger because, well, watch what God will do. He can fix this. This is great. Yep, we're going to do this. He didn't ignore the fact. He had faith. And what we're going to talk about today specifically is faith in the area of healing. Now, I don't know where you stand with this, but I'm going to know where you're going to stand by the end of this, because we're going to kind of lay this out when it comes to healing. And this is incredibly important because of something we find here in James that I really want you to understand and grab onto. James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you, verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should 
not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) That person, it says, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He says, when you pray, you need to know what you are believing for and not doubt. What is it saying? It says, you need to know what the promises of God are and stand on those promises. You need to know what they are. And that's why this is so incredibly important, because the devil does today what he's been doing forever, since the beginning of time. God comes, creates Adam and Eve, perfect garden, puts them in the garden, says, tree of life, don't eat it, tree of death, don't, or tree of life, eat it, tree of death, don't touch it, actually says, don't eat it. And Satan comes along, and what does Satan say? He comes to Eve, and he says, did God really say? That's the same thing he says to you and me. Did God really say? So we need to know what does God's Word have to say about it? What does God's Word have to say about healing? And as as I begin, I want you to think about this. Go back to that garden with me, and let's start at the beginning. The beginning is usually a good place to start. If we go all the way back to the beginning, when God created the world, He looked and He said, it is good. And we have a perfect garden. There's no death. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no clothes. There's a lot of good stuff going on there, okay? And then what happens? Satan shows up. And when Satan shows up, guess what shows up with him? He deceives Adam and, or Eve and Adam. And what shows up? Death, sickness, and disease. Jesus comes and he heals people who are sick, and he raises the dead. And then, when we look at Revelation, when Jesus comes back, Revelation 20 says that Satan and his angels are thrown into the bottomless pit, so they are gone, and then what happens? Revelation 21, what do we see? 21 verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eye and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for for the old order of things has passed away. So when Jesus comes back and gets rid of the devil, what's gone? Death, sickness, and disease. He says, there's no pain. It's gone. How do you know you're sick? Pain. Satan is the one, you want to know where sickness, death, and disease come from? They come from the devil. Before the devil, it's not there. The devil shows up, it's there. Jesus comes, he interferes with it and is raising the dead and healing the sick. And when we see the end, again, Satan's gone. And guess what's gone? Death, sickness, and disease. It's gone. Understand this. Death, sickness, and disease is from the devil. Acts 10 talks about Jesus, and it says this about him, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went around doing good and healing all who were, what were they? They were under the power of the devil because God was with him. They were under the power of the devil. That's why they needed to be healed. And if, maybe you've heard this before, but I've heard many times 
people talk about the good that's come out of somebody being sick, themselves and others. They're like, man, my aunt uh, battled with, and, and she just really grew close to God through that, and it really changed a lot of things. And let me just say, Romans 8 says that God works all things for the good of those that love and serve Him. It doesn't say that God causes all things. But there are people who look at the outcome and think, well, that was great, and then they attribute the sickness or disease to God because of the fact that somebody drew close to God as a result of it. But that's not, that's not what we see in Scripture. That doesn't line up. Matthew 4.23, talking about Jesus, says this, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Nowhere in Scripture can you show me a single account where Jesus goes to heal somebody and then goes, wait, you haven't learned your lesson yet. I'm sorry, I can't heal you. You got to bear this one just a little bit longer. There's a really good lesson that's going to come from this one. Just hold on. That's not in there. That's, that's not there. It says that he went and he healed them all. He healed them all. And the Greek for all is all. It's, it's, it's all. It's everybody. And so when we look at sickness and disease, we need to have the right mindset. And what is the right mindset? It's a scriptural mindset that can stand on God's word, that we know his promises and we believe that God's going to do what He said He's going to do, that He can do what He says He can do, and we believe it. And one of them is this, that sickness and disease is from the devil. It's not from God. If sickness and disease is from God, then here, then, then do not pray. But if it's from God, don't just don't pray. Don't go to the hospital because it's from God. And, and if it's really from God and God's the one making you sick, I don't think you should go to the hospital. I don't think you should pray. Don't get taken an antibiotic either. Don't, don't do that. In fact, don't set a broken bone and don't clean out a wound. You're all like, he's crazy. Well, yeah, that would be crazy. You need to clean those wounds out. I fell mountain biking one time and I scraped up my hands and I thought I'd cleaned it all out, but I've got a little dark spot right here. It's a piece of gravel still stuck in my finger. It's been like several years and I'm like, is it just going to work its way out? It hasn't. And every now and then I'm, I'll like uh, be opening some boxes or something with a razor blade and I'm like, should I just try to like push? Nah, it's not bothering me. I'll just leave it. But if you don't clean it, it stays in there. But if you believe sickness and disease, all kinds of, don't, don't sleep in and get, be healthy. I mean, no, don't do it. Just, 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 just be sick and diseased. Do it. Well, obviously, no. We, even those that believe or would claim that you know, sickness and disease is from God, and there's a difference between God using something and something being from God. God can use everything. He can use my mistakes. He does. He has. And he'll probably have to again. But it's completely different when we believe, well, this is God, because the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. So if you don't resist him, where's he going? Nowhere. Nowhere. He'll just pound his tent stakes in a little farther and just hang out a little longer. But if we believe it's from God, we will not resist. We will not fight. We won't fight. Now, when I say that, I know some people that are like, 
like, wait a second, I don't know about that. And, 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 and one of the questions that so often gets asked is, well, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? Like, didn't, didn't God, like, not want to heal him? And here's what they're talking about. Maybe you've never heard that before. Well, let me bring this up, and then we'll solve it together. So here's what we see. Oh, I just jumped to the wrong part of my notes. Evil things. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And it says, this is Paul talking, and he says, or because of the surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And this is where some Christians who have the belief that God can heal, they're like, but sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And, and they point right to this and they say, see, Paul prayed and God said, no, I'm not going to take this away from you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for this Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And they're like, wait a second. Paul, Paul was sick, and, and God didn't want to heal him. He prayed, and God said, no. Three times he prayed, God said, no, no, no. But it doesn't say that Paul was sick. It doesn't say Paul was sick. Nowhere does it say Paul was sick. It says Paul had a thorn in his flesh. It doesn't tell us what it is. But there's a group that's like, well, wait a second. We want it to be sickness so that that makes it okay for me to not be healed. Now, let me just say this. There are times, and I've, I've said this and I'll say it again, I've prayed for people and they've been healed. And I've prayed for people and they didn't get healed. And I've prayed for people and they've died. But I'm not going to let go of what I know because of what I do not know. Amen. And I'm not going to build a doctrine around what I do not know. I'm going to stand on what I do know. Nowhere in here does it say that Paul was sick. It says he has a thorn in the flesh. I do not know... There's, there's a lot of thoughts on what it could be. My personal belief was it was his mother-in-law. That was the thorn <laughs> in his flesh, and he prayed. And <laughs> That's a joke, okay? Like, honestly, um, Mom, if you're watching, I have, the, I have a great mother-in-law. It's not because I don't think you're amazing. I have, I have wonderful in-laws. I really do. They're, they're absolutely amazing. And that's just a joke because it's a little tense in here. I got to... <laughs> We got to laugh just a little bit. It helps a lot to laugh. But it is not, it is, it is not okay to build a doctrine around something you do not know. We stand on what we do know. It does not say that that was sickness and disease. Everything that we see in Scripture was Jesus healed them all, all of them who were under the power of the devil. Sickness, disease, death didn't show up until the devil, and when the devil's gone, it's gone again. It's gone again. What we see is things like Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced, Jesus, was, this is what it's talking about. He was pierced for our transgressions. When we become believers, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, that he paid the price for me. He was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that bought us peace was on him. He took the punishment that I deserved. And by his wounds, you were healed. He was wounded for my healing. The stripes that he took, his body being broken, was so that I could be, so that you could be healed. 
That's what we see. So when I look at Paul's thorn in the flesh, and I'm like, see, he was sick. Like, no, he was not. Jesus was wounded and beaten so that we could be healed. God wasn't like, well, no. I don't know what it was. But it does not say. It does not say that it was sickness in no way, shape, or form. Jesus came, and what he came and did was what God wanted him to do. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. That's what Jesus came to do. So we look at the Bible, we see what he did. He healed people. And maybe you were taught, well, healing is done. It died with the last apostle or when this first before this book was printed, whatever the reason was, like it's over. No. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus came to do the express will of the Father. He did what God wanted him to do, which he went around healing those who were sick. Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. He does not do diapers. He just does not do diapers. No, that's not what it's talking about. He says, I do not change. I do not change. But understand this, you and I need to remember that what God wants is not automatic. James 4 says you do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have because you do not. We need to ask. We need to be doers and not just hearers of the word. We can hear great things and sit in here, but if we walk out and do nothing with it, it's not going to matter. We can read the scriptures. We can see everything that's written in them. We can say that's great, but if unless we do it, it's not going to change our lives. It's not going to happen. But what we see in Scripture is that sickness is from the devil. And so what are we supposed to do about it? We know what Jesus did, but what are you and I supposed to do about it? James 5, verse 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come pray for you. You want to know why we have prayer during service? During that second song, you say, hey, our prayer team is around here. We'd love to connect with you because the Bible says if you're sick, come to the elders, come to the leaders in the church and get prayed for. They said they will anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Let me just say something about that oil. There's anointing oil, and what kind of oil is it? It's just oil. I've used motor oil. I've used, oh, I have. I've prayed for people. I'm like, it's oil. The Bible says anoint with oil. And so I'm obeying the Bible. I'll do what it says. It's not because it's from a special tree that comes from a special garden. The Garden of Gethsemane, they're like, well, we think that, you know, this olive tree was probably here when Jesus was, and he may have prayed underneath it. That's great. Buy that oil. That might be fun, but that's not what it is. The Bible says anoint with oil. And so that's what we do. We obey. It's not that there's power in the oil, but there's power in obedience. When we obey and we do what God says to do, and what does he say to do? He says, if you're sick, come, find the elders of the church, have them pray for you. They're going to anoint you with oil. And such a prayer of faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Now, let me just say what else this is not. This is about you and I obeying. This is about you and I obeying, not finding a special power person. It's, it's we need to obey. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, though Christ were making his appeal through us. It's not it's not my power. It's not your power. It's Christ. An ambassador stands and he speaks 
for a nation. He represents somebody who's not there. And that's what you and I are. We're ambassadors and we stand. Remember I went to the hospital, I was doing some, some hospital visits, just praying with people and anointing with oil. And I remember I walked into to one room in particular and, and, and I walked in and I look on, on the bed and it's this kind of small bed, but even on this small bed, there's just this tiny baby and the baby's strapped down and it's got tubes coming out of everything and, and, and it's on this machine. And the minute I see this, this, this little baby, what comes to me is you didn't pray enough. How much time did you spend reading this morning? They need what you don't have. And immediately that's what comes through my mind. Because you look and you just see this absolutely helpless. And you're just like, oh, oh, my heart just broke. But those are the thoughts that came at me. But then the next thought that came was that verse that I just read, 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are ambassadors. I'm like, wait a second. This has nothing to do with me. This isn't about me. This is about him. I'm an ambassador. I'm here representing him and his power, having nothing to do with me. Me, I stand alone. The police officer that pulls you over, how does he pull you over? He's one guy with some colored lights on a car. You're like, what? why do, you, why do we stop? Just because some girl flicks some lights on, we're like, okay, I better pull over? No. We stop because of what they represent. And what they represent is, and you will find out very quickly, if you decide not to stop. Because you're not just running from the one. There's another and another and another, and they're going to chase you until you come to your senses. That's what they're going to do. They're just going to keep coming and coming and coming, and they're not going to stop until you do. What that badge represents, what those lights represent, we understand and we honor. So we pull over, we stop. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Absolutely. Because of what they, that badge represents. You and I, we are a representative of God, the Most High. Amen. And so when we're there, it's not you, it's not me, it's Him. Yes. And that's who we're there to represent. And I'm, man, but it hit me and I'm like, that, wait a second, no. And so I just said out loud. I said, I am an ambassador for Christ. This has nothing to do with me. I lay hands. There's nothing special about my hands, but I'll obey. And when we do the natural, God does the super. And that's where we get the supernatural. I'm like, we're going to watch what happens when God moves. It's, every one of us can think of a thousand reasons why God should use somebody else and why we're not good enough. And why when we pray, we're like, I wouldn't answer my own prayers. And God's like, it's not your righteousness that I'm looking at. It's not what you're doing. It's what Jesus did. He bore those stripes. He was beaten. He was bled all for this, for you, so that you could be healed. And God's like, yes, I will do this. In Acts chapter 3, we see the account of Peter and John. And they're walking to the temple. And they come across a man who is crippled. And the man asks them says, for money. Peter turns over to him and says, money I don't have, but what I do have, I'll give you. He says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And this man gets up. That's, that had been his spot. Everybody knew him because well, they'd go to the temple and there he'd be and they'd be like, yep, here he is again. 
And you can read this for yourself in Acts chapter 3, but people are like, wait a second, isn't that the cripple? What's going on? I bet one of the guys was like, I knew he was faking. He's been faking all these years. I knew it. But he's running around like, wait a second. No, we know what's going on. And they come around and people are amazed and like, what's going on? How did this happen? And the Bible says in verse 9 that these, the people who saw this and heard him praising God. And then they came, verse 11, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man stood holding tightly to Peter and John. And Peter preached, he preaches in the temple and Peter saw an opportunity to address the crowd. And he said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us though we made this person walk by our own power or godliness. I just want to stop right there for a second. He says, it's not because of my power or my godliness. It's not because of your power or your godliness. He says, no, 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 that's not what it was. It was through faith in the name of Jesus. He says, that's what it was. It's faith in the name of Jesus that this man was healed and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. He's like, look, this wasn't, this wasn't because I read enough scripture or I quoted or I know. No, no, no. He says, it was Jesus. It was faith in the name of Jesus. And here's what I want you to understand. James 5, 16 says this. Confess your sins each to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So says, if you're sick, yeah, go to the elders absolutely have them pray, but you want to know what else it says? Verse 16. It says, confess your sins one to another. You want to know why we have small groups? You need to be in a small group. You need to be around some people that can build you up. People that are faith, people of faith, people that are further along with you, people that you can trust and you can talk to and that can speak into your life and help you. You need that. And then it says this about them and those same people. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is not something that's for the elite. Well, I'm not holy enough. No, you're not, but Jesus did it. He already paid the price. He says, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You can pray. You are Christ's ambassador as though he was making his appeal through you. You've been deputized, whatever, however you want to put it, that's for you. Still not sure, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says this, and these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Who's he talking about? Believers. People who believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He says, this is what will accompany those that believe. He says, they will cast out demons in my name, they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink any poisonous thing, it will not hurt them. And then it says this, and they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When it comes to healing, let me just say this, the Bible, the Bible's really clear. Sickness and disease is from the devil. It didn't show up until he got here and once he's gone, it's gone. But Jesus came and he took back the keys from the kingdom and we have as his ambassadors that same power in you and in me. And we are meant to lay hands on the sick. The Bible says they will recover. But we need to know what God's word says so that when the devil comes and says, did God really say? 
we have the answer. We're like, yes, he did. Let me give you chapter and verse on that one, sucker. And we point it out. I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not because of who I am, but because whose I am. I am his. And we do it. And we do it. The Bible is clear when it comes to healing that it is for today. It is for today. So we're going to dismiss here in just a minute. And when we do, if you need prayer, please come up. Our prayer team's going to be up here. We would love to lay hands on you and pray for you because this is what the Bible says. But this is not something that's just special, that's just for church. This is something that you and I are meant to do in our homes, in our small groups, at the gas station, in the grocery store, in the car, in our bedrooms, in our homes, in our backyards, any and everywhere. There's not a holy place that we have to go to. You're Christ's ambassador. And he wants to work through you. And you're like, well, it's just my hand. You're right, it's just your hand. But what God can do is miraculous. We do what he says in the natural, and he brings the super. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we come before you. We thank you for your word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we're here right now, I just want to ask, if you're here, maybe you're just watching online, but, and you don't know where you stand with God, you can know. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess. You can know. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know where you stand with God. Know that your sins are forgiven. Begin to experience the peace that passes all understanding. Figure out why you're here and begin to make a difference in this world. If, you, if that's you, or maybe you're here and you say, you know, there was a time I was walking for God, but I turned my back on him. But today I want to come back. I want to give my life to him. I, I, I just, I need to come back to him. I want to be his. I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat if that's you. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up all the way. And then right in your seat, we're going to pray. When we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begun, begin to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for you. You're not here by accident. You're not an accident. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That's you. I would like you to write and just lift your hand as high as you can. One, two, three. Lift it up and say, that's me. And today is my day. Thank you. Say, today is my day. I'm coming back to him. I'm giving him all that I am. All right, hands down. Online, in this room, wherever you are, just repeat after me. Let's all pray this out loud with those who lift their hands. And if you did lift your hand, here's what I want you to do. As you say these words, say them from your heart. Make them your own. Let's all pray. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. Forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. From this day forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.